Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts today. My name is Dale DeMont. Thanks for joining us. I have a very special guest with me today. Um, I have John Chapman here of a million different podcasts. He's basically a podcast whore, just jumping around from pod to pod. But we're lucky enough to have him uh, write and do a bunch of stuff and contribute to our website and podcast. John Chapman, what's going on, brother? You know, I've been called um, a whore several times in my life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you just put a word in front of that description, it's somewhat validated. Um, right, sure. So sure. podcast yeah, yeah, whore, I mean, definitely 100% better than just a whore. So yeah, I'll take this. Um, yeah. I am on a lot of podcasts, but glad to be here today, man. Yeah, I mean, if I just call you a whore, people are like, ah, whatever, he's joking around. But now if I get specific about it, then people, oh, okay, now I understand. Um, I mean, one of the other reasons I'm calling you a whore is because you made a, uh, we haven't talked about this on the pod, actually, but you've made a very special list uh, you want to tell us about the list a little bit? Well, it, it was very interesting. So basically, um, in one of my drunken stupors late at night, I get a very cryptic message from none other than Christian Brito, who says, Hey, John, will you send me a picture? And that's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> to which I'm like, uh... And before I even finished, like, what's up? Like, what's going on? He says, never mind. Got it. <laughs> so so <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, all right, what the hell's going on here? Um, then later on, a week later, I get a screenshot of a um, sexiest writers in fantasy. Um, I, I might not be titling that correctly. but Yeah, I think the sex- sexiest people in fantasy football, I think. That is correct. And right, right, right. You know, you scroll through, and there's several different famous analysts and myself, um, all of which have very professional photos. But I had mm-hmm. the very poor hindsight of trying to befriend one Christian Brito on Facebook, which gave him access to not only all of my pictures, but even all of my wife, who has an open profile's pictures, some of <laughs> which are um, you know, <laughs> hanging out in the pool. And he found a wonderful one. Yeah, actually, it, it it was a good one, and I think it's what got you the number one ranking of the uh, sexiest person in fantasy football. Uh, I, a lot of people weren't happy with it. Um, I'll just break down our side, the Eat Sleep Fantasy side. If you guys don't know, you can go to eatsleepfantasy.com and see this article, 13 most uh, – 13 sexiest – I don't even know what it's called. I guess I should probably know before I start advertising <laughs> it. But anyways, uh, go to our website, find that article, 13 Sexiest People. And um, yeah, John Chapman is number one, and then we have – People like Brad Evans, Matthew Barry. Of course, we had to throw Barry in there just because, you know, we're talking about fantasy football and what would a list be without Matthew Barry? Um, you know, and we have some others, but the the crazy thing is Christian, uh, I'm giving all the credit to him. He was super gung-ho about writing this article. Thought it was the greatest idea. I thought it a was okay. A little too much. I, a little too much. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just be honest. 
Yeah. So I uh, so we published it, and the next day our Twitter blew up. Um, all these analysts were kind of some got offended because they missed a list, and we're talking about like big. I mean, we're not a big podcast. We're just a small independent. Oh come on, uh, thing. You you're, know? <laughs> you're a big podcast. You are up for podcast not, of the year. You are up. You've been reviewed by everybody. This is a big podcast, man. Okay. Okay. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So, guys, you know, the big guys that really have no business talking to us started chiming in on, you know, thanking us for being a part of this list, blah blah. blah. And before we know it, the Red Zone Channel is on live on Sunday, <laughs> talking about our list and breaking it down and telling us, uh, you know, this person should be on it, this person shouldn't. Uh, they do love John Chapman. I don't think there was any discrepancy there. Um, I will tell you this: the highlight, perhaps, of my fantasy writing career was none other than Kay Adams saying, Mm -hmm. and I quote, yeah, with that picture, with a little inflection. I ain't going to lie. I'm not sure what she meant by that. No, hold on. Don't don't try to break this down. (laughs) It was all positive. Do not take this away from me. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I'm happily married, and my wife is a knockout. However, just a little bit extra attention from Kay Adams. I need no interaction with her ever in the future. But mm-hmm. I felt like that was a positive spin in my direction. Um, I'm not sure if she was talking about the lighting dude, or dude, like. Dude, dude, dude. Okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave dude. it. I'll leave it. I'll I will say it. this, though. <laughs> uh, you know, Sunday morning, kind of my, uh, the way that I have, I watch games and break down film. I have two full screen TVs and my computer um, sure. broadcasting radio as well. So on one of my TVs that I have muted, I am typing notes for a 49ers podcast I do, and I look up, and I see my damn sh- self without a shirt staring back at me <laughs> on the Red Zone channel, and I do a sudden, what the fuck is going on here? Um, then my Twitter blows up. Then everybody yeah. starts texting me, and I'm just – at first, I'm just like, god damn you, Christian Brito. But then, you know, you, you got to look at this. It's pretty funny. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, eating lunch with my wife uh, on Sunday, and that came across my timeline. And she hates when I look at my phone, so she was already giving me the side eye. Um, and by the way, that's I, on Sundays I gotta really be careful before game time because it's like kind of like family time before football starts. And so she was definitely giving me the side eye the entire time I was looking at my phone. I looked at her, I was like, I think we were just on TV. And she just like looked at me and shrugged me off. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I think that's a big deal, but I'm not a. <laughs> and uh, and then I got to be able to check it up and, and actually listen to the clip a little bit later. But um, it's fun times. Yeah, good times, good times. It's pretty damn funny. I'll say that. It was. It was awesome. Anyways, um, so today, John, I wanted you on really to talk about. We're gonna break down a couple of the games. We're gonna try to get through all of them, at least the ones that are really fantasy relevant. Break down some notes for you. Uh, maybe even break down a little bit of Monday Night Football if we can. Uh, this is recorded late on Monday night, so we'll do our best. But we'll definitely break down Sunday's action and let you know what's going on and some of the implications that uh, that we've seen from the games. We all, you know, we watch the games. We try to analyze as best as we can on Sunday and Monday and give you good info. So uh, if you guys, I didn't really do a proper introduction, but if you're listening to us for the first time, uh, this is basically what you're expecting, uh, what you should expect. We, you know, podcast to podcast. Par for course, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're eight minutes in. Um, we're, we basically we strive for you know the eight minute mark. So um, we're hey, almost eight minutes in. That's longer than I usually yeah. last. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> uh, by the way, and I didn't give John proper credit. Not only does he do uh, this podcast for us, he does DFS and Dynasty podcasts uh, from Eat Sleep Fantasy. 
and uh, he does NFL Express. Yep, is that what it's called? Yeah, and then 49ers Rush podcast. It's a and, lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just want to give a you a little. I appreciate all those plugs. Um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I do I'm guessing lot. what the names are, but because I really don't pay, I'm bad at that. <laughs> so, anyways, all right, John. Let's. Uh, I want to get to the very first game. The very first game that I want to talk about is my hometown. My my. This is my team. I'm a fantasy guy, and I think I'm more of a fantasy guy than a hometown team. I'll I'll flat out admit it. I've been watching the Miami Dolphins since I was, I don't know, probably five, six years old with my with my parents. So I am a Dolphins fan at heart, but I just turned in much more into a fantasy guy. I left you know, I left my heart in Miami. I don't I don't really think about it anymore. But the Miami Dolphins are now three and beating the Oakland Raiders twenty to twenty eight. John Gruden has issues, man. Um, he, uh, he's, he, it's the heat's going to be on him for for a little while, especially after the you know the rough start zero and three. Let's talk a little bit about the um, the Raiders side of the ball, John. Derek Carr, nothing crazy. Did throw for over three hundred yards, only one touchdown, two interceptions. His uh, his receivers, Jordy Nelson. I guess out of every game, let's go ahead and talk about just a couple guys. Jordy Nelson, I want to talk a little bit about. 173 yards with a touchdown. Had a long 66 yard uh, play with eight targets. He led the team with eight targets. What do you see from Jordy Nelson? And uh, what does uh, what does the tape show you? Um, so so the tape is very easy. Xavier Howard for the Dolphins is a beast. And any time that the Raiders play a top tier corner. You have to fade Cooper, and you have to just do whatever you can to get Jordy Nelson into your lineup. So we saw this in week one, and we saw this in week three. Anytime there's an elite corner, they're going to take Amari Cooper out of the game, and Jordy Nelson's going to be the guy because they use him in the slot and outside, so on and so forth. So uh, the big thing here is Amari Cooper cannot be relied upon, which you should have known about that before this year. But And I'll say this. I, I get <laughs> John Gruden's a bad coach. But he can game plan and scheme up stuff in a just amazing way. He's really good at that. Uh, you know, Bill Parcells had the famous quote of saying, "The first quarter is all about game plan. Second and third quarters are about adjustments, coaching adjustments, and fourth quarter is just about what you're best at." And they have come out. Oakland has come out on fire all three weeks. They've been ahead going into the second half all three weeks, but they blow the lead big time just because. Eh, you can kind of out-scheme them and figure out what they're doing. But Jordy Nelson, is a, I love that guy, just not consistently. He's going to put up some really low weeks. You just have to be able to pay attention to which cornerbacks are going to be on Amari Cooper and who is not. One. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Dolphins side of the ball. Ryan Tannehill, not too shabby. I think he's 10-1 and one in his last – no, is it 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one? Uh in his last uh, last few starts, he's doing very well. Uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions, so he's keeping the mistakes at a minimum. Just under 300 yards passing for him. Um, you know, the the, the one thing that kind of concerns me here is the uh, Dolphins' running game. Uh, Frank Gore nor Kenyon Drake did very much throughout the game. They combined 11 total carries for. 50, uh, what is it? 15 yards. Uh, Ryan Tannehill outrushed Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. Um, what What are your thoughts on that, John? I'm I'm really curious. I think this is probably one of the most stay away from fantasy teams outside of Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah. I don't want anything to do with really anybody on this team except for Tannehill and maybe Kenny Stills. That's it. Um, everything else is hit and miss. 
maybe you want to do a buy low on Kenyon Drake. But again, man, five rush attempts in a game that was decided by a touchdown. I understand they got behind early, but that's not okay. He did get four targets in the passing game, but none of those were by design. Um, I'm fading every single Dolphins person except for Ryan Tannehill because, again, they spread the ball around like crazy. Kenny Stills got five targets, and then after that, Drake got four, Derby one, Gusecki three, Parker three, Amendola three, uh, Grant three, Wilson two. They're, they're just spreading the ball around. So yep, exactly. stay away. Well, you know, as as a Dolphins fan in me, that kind of gets me excited that Ryan Tannehill is actually spreading the ball around and playing the quarterback position the way it should play be played. I mean, getting Jakeem Grant uh, involved and finally getting finding him a way to be involved in the game super fast. I I think I heard on TV about a million times that he was small, and I get it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, what is he, like 5'6", 170 pounds or something like that, 5'5", five, five or whatever. Anyways, he's really fast, and they finally got him involved in the offense, which was awesome. Two touchdowns for him. I don't think he's anybody that you're going to place a bet on. No, absolutely uh, is, is what I'm what I'm kind of trying to get across here. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, in this game, I, I mean, if there was going to be a time to get him involved, it would have been here. But he had three targets. Uh, that's it. So he, he's not fantasy reliable. Maybe in DFS if you need a value play, but that's it. Right, right. All right, let's move on to the next game, the Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. I had a lot of stock in this game because, if you guys don't know already, uh, I have a ton of stock in Alex Collins, and it feels like all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a Ravens fan. Does that happen to you? Like yeah. in, in an offseason, you just you pile up on some player, and then all, be, all of a sudden you're like a Texans fan for a season? <laughs> yeah, no, Christian McCaffrey's kind of my guy um, yeah, yeah. that I, I traded to you. Um, regretfully right. so. Good trade by mm. you, man. Everybody gave you mm. flack for it. And they that did. Has worked they, out well, very well. I am not going to brag yet until at least a couple more games in. <laughs> uh, what was the trade? I think uh, uh, Cream Hunt. Was it Cream Hunt? Cream Hunt. And did you have a Browns player that you gave me? Carlos mm. Hyde? No, I don't think I would have traded Carlos Hyde. I was pretty high on him. But yeah, anyway, it, it was just been. It been. Christian yeah, McCaffrey yeah. for Hunt. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much. Maybe with a couple of throwing players. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so Alex Collins, he's still dominating the run game. Uh, 18 carries, 68 yards, and pretty much a blowout game. Uh, had that touchdown, which saved his fantasy day. Uh, let's talk about the battle here. I, a lot of people talking about Buck Allen. Buck Allen had the uh, you know three receiving yards, 19 yards, and he also had a touchdown receiving and a touchdown on the ground. So... It are, we're not worried about Buck Allen cutting into Alex Collins' value, are we? I think snap-wise, you should be a little concerned, but not touches-wise or film-wise. Alex Collins has looked like the much better player two weeks in a row, and it's not even close. I mean, Jarvis Allen had six carries for seven yards, and he got a touchdown. That's awesome. Um, that's great. But if you average 1.2 yards per carry, that's not going to go well. Um, they had the exact same number of targets in the passing game. Both had three catches. Alex Collins is the guy to own here and probably one of my favorite buy lows. Everybody is thinking Buck Allen is the guy, and I don't mind him in deeper leagues, but it is Alex Collins. It's not even close. I, I don't yep. understand. I love I love the chatter talking about uh, Allen, uh, Allen, you know, uh, reaching into his his potential and all that stuff and uh yeah definitely a buy low he alex collins has been a buy low since week one and has performed decently i mean yeah. he's he's not uh you know he's not 
knocking the socks off anybody, but he's he's performing. He's gonna he's going to keep you in games. He might not win some fantasy matchups for you, but he'll keep you in them and you know get you know get that touchdown and get the thirteen or fourteen points that you need or whatever right. and move on. You know he's he's not going to kill you. So um, it, one one thing to note is John Brown. I I mean we've done a couple weeks and I really like John Brown. I don't know if I talked about him enough. I I wasn't on the podcast last week, but John Brown is somebody to own nine targets. Uh, just one shy of the leader, 10 targets of Michael Crabtree. But these two are dominating the share here in, in Baltimore. When Baltimore wins, these guys are going to they're gonna score. Um, both of them, like I said, John Brown, 9, Michael Crabtree, 10 targets. Are, are you are you liking John Brown as much as I am? Yeah, I, I'm loving John Brown. The only reason why he was able to kind of fly under the radar is because the sickle cell that he has yep. was such a problem last year. But when he's healthy like now, it's amazing. You just need to watch if he is limited in practice and they don't say why, get him the hell out of your lineups. But for now, he's healthy. So as long as he is healthy and you're not seeing any injury designation or left with a sickness, he's fine. But I'm telling you right now, if he misses a Wednesday practice, get him the hell out of your lineup. But until then, he's a must start. Um, yep. He's a flex play with upside. And I, I mean, this was his worst game. He had five catches for 86 yards. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love this play. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to the Denver side. Case Keenum, not really impressive. Hundred under 200 yards, no touchdowns, interception. Uh, what I want to talk about with this offense is Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas debate. Uh, I have that going into every week looking at my rankings. Uh, a lot of times it's as close as a Diggs Thielen debate for me, uh, not on the same level, but you know, I'm ranking them fairly close to each other uh, this year, uh, this game. Sanders out-targeted Thomas, but did not outperform Thomas. Well, except Emmanuel Sanders did have the one rushing touchdown. Um, that was kind of fluky. Who are you taking, Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders week to week, or is this matchup based? Um, I, I'm taking, man, I'm, I'm taking Emmanuel Sanders right now because he's not as boom bust. But this is, and I'll say this, the snap count does, it's a three-man race. <laughs> Cortland Sutton has the exact same number of snaps as Emmanuel Sanders does on the year. Most people don't understand this. And he had two big plays called back in week two. This wasn't his best week, but this is a three-man, it's those three guys. There's not really a lot else besides those three that are getting snaps out there. Um, I love Cortland Sutton. Uh, I'm not starting him, but I'm buying low big time on him. And if I had to start somebody week to week, Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be the guy just because of the target share and the running game like we saw this week um, is going to be a little bit of a help. But this is a bad team passing-wise. Um, Case Keenum's rated number QB 26 by Pro Football Focus on the year. He has not performed well. However, the rushing game, which who would have guessed, has been lights out. So sure. uh, I love both the running backs here, but who do you start each week? You know, a lot of people jumped in on the Philip Lindsay bandwagon. He gets thrown out for throwing a punch on a stupid play, and mm -hmm. Royce Freeman comes out and played great. 13 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Like, that is great for a flex play in the running back position. You're just going to kind of have to hold and wait. Don't sell off Royce Freeman. Don't sell off Philip Lindsay because they have come out, their coaching staff, and said, Whoever's the hot hand, we're riding with this guy. So, um, you know, just got to kind of wait and see here. Okay. All right. Uh, John, before we move on, I do want to give uh, our man Christian. Uh, he has a message for our listeners. Here you go. 
All right, the next game I want to talk about are the Saints and Falcons. This is a crazy game, went to overtime. The Saints won at 43-37. to 37. Uh, As you expected, the quarterbacks did amazing. Drew Brees nearly 400 yards, three touchdowns. Matt Ryan, 374 for five touchdowns. Neither quarterback had an interception. Pretty amazing. Uh, the big story out of here, you know, with Mark Ingram coming back soon, I really want to talk about the Saints' backfield. Alan Kamara did have 16 carries for 66 yards. Failed to get in the end zone rushing, but that doesn't really matter when you get 20 targets as a running back with uh, 20 targets, 15 receptions, and 124 yards. Let's talk a little bit about their involvement with Alvin Kamara. His Obviously, his rushing attempts are going to go down. I don't know if his targets are going to even move. Um, I mean, 20 is ridiculous. I don't expect 20 every week, but um, what are your thoughts on this Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara backfield? How is it going to shake out uh, moving moving through the season? Yeah, it's it's going to change. Uh, this is the all-time high of Kamara <laughs> ever, probably, maybe in his career. Uh, even if Mark Ingram goes on next year, I don't see this. And he got 52 out of 64 possible snaps in that game. Mark Ingram is going to get more than 12 snaps a game. You can almost guarantee that. So you need to cut his rushing numbers maybe by 75% and his passing targets by 25%. Um, if you are a savvy trader um, in redraft leagues, I am selling Kamara. Uh, I'm selling Kamara for something like uh, David Johnson and Golden Tate or in deep league, something like that. Uh, going after somebody like Michael Thomas, whose numbers will not change. So the numbers are going to change there, but he's still going to be an RB1 just because of the passing game value um, and just his playmaking. He, he's unreal. Um but he's not going to stay at this level. Right. Now, you know, when you're talking about buying players, of course you don't want to buy Alan Kamara now because you're probably buying him at his highest value possible. But you might be able to find an overreactor, somebody who's really worried about Mark Ingram coming back, and you might be able to get Alan Kamara maybe 80 cents to the dollar, right? Um, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to in almost all my leagues. And the thing is this, opportunity cost is a big deal. So the people sure. that drafted – Mark Ingram have been sitting on him and waiting with the mindset of, man, if I can just make it to week five, boom. And yep. so it, it's hard to pry him loose. But if you can try, definitely try. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, Michael Thomas is just – Michael Thomas is probably going to end up as wide receiver one for the year, right? I mean, there's – it's it, I – and mean, I know it's only week three. Let's not overreact here. But, man, 10 targets, 10 receptions, 129 yards – and he's just doing a week in and week out so fucking reliable, right? I mean, it makes no sense what this guy is doing. He has a 98% catch rate on the year. <laughs> That's crazy. It doesn't even make uh, sense, to be honest with you. Now, so I mean, it, put, put that in perspective for us. I mean, what is a good receiver right now? Uh, we, I mean, not Michael Thomas. Who is what, what's a what's a good catch rate for um, for a um, good wide receiver? So, like, DeAndre Hopkins has some of the best hands in the league. Sure. Um, however, the problem is that the passings aren't the passes are not on target. So he has a 64.5% catch rate. Right. It, right. And it, fewer targets, by the way. So if we look at Michael Thomas, he is the league leader in targets with 40, receptions with 38, Receiving percentage, 95% yards, 398, and touchdowns. The guy, he to say that he's a wide receiver one, he is the wide receiver one 
and it is not close. And the thing about his game is he hasn't had one out of three games with less than 10 catches. This right, was okay. his worst game statistically. You just got really year. nerdy with it. Like, yeah. you, you um, went from me, like, really wanting to know about this stuff oh, to I me. Oh, I keep going, man. Yeah, Shoe size, yeah. what you want, man. I got it all. <laughs> I love this guy. I, I love I, I love what he's he's brought to the table. Wide receiver one across all formats uh, for the rest of the year. It's not even close. Look, I'm not saying. I'm just saying Cam Meredith is somebody in a deep league when you have those 20-plus roster spots. Cam Meredith is somebody that you want to own. Um I, just just wait wait for him to develop. I'm I, telling I think you. it's going to happen. I, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, sure. but he, he had one target. He had one yeah. target this game. That's it. But he's, he's one for one, John. That's what. that's true. He's batting a thousand. <laughs> it's 50-50. You either are or you aren't. He is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, I, I like Cam Meredith, and, and I think he's definitely um, – he should be owned. That's all I'm saying. Yes. yes. Okay. He, he's going to be developed into a nice receiver for uh, – for this offense. Is there anything really crazy to talk about here with the Falcons? Um, yes. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I am not a Matt Ryan lover. <laughs> sure. We have not made love. I am a podcast whore now. I'm trying to focus on that, not the other mm-hmm. one. But this defense is garbage. They have lost three of their pe- best players. And the reason why I'm bringing up their defense is this. My favorite thing in fantasy football is this. You give me... An offense with a shitty defense. And they have lost three pro bowlers for the season on defense at the most crucial positions to stop the passing game. Every game for the rest of the year for the Atlanta Falcons is going to be an all-out air show. They will be the highest over-under for Vegas week in and week out. Um, Therefore, by Matt Ryan. Um, I've never said that before in my entire time ever covering fantasy. But he is a buy because he's going to have to air the ball out week in and week out because every game they're going to have to score 37 points to be in the game and probably lose. Right. Okay. Uh, Calvin Ridley, buy, uh, buy high, sell high. Um, he's 100, going 100, to, 146 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, Ridley. it's unreal. And, and so very similar. This is one of the things I pay attention to is cornerbacks against – Number one wide receivers. Marshawn Lattimore is unreal, the cornerback for the Saints. And he was all over Julio. Julio still had a big game, five catches, 96 yards, but they looked the other way. He didn't lead his team in target. So, again, when the Falcons are playing a top-tier corner that travels or, you know, is always going to be on Julio, then I love him. But you have to be pretty savvy with when you're going to use him. I don't think that he is going to be a week-in and week-out play. He is a flex option at best with upside. But if they are playing against somebody like Patrick Peterson, uh, Richard Sherman, um, Tredavious White, something like that, then I put him in. Jalen Ramsey. Then that's going to be his week. All right. And you pay attention to uh, EC Fantasy or DFS and Dynasty um, for for those little nuggets there. Um, Let's move on to a a game that I thought would be a little bit better, the Green Bay and Washington game. Um, Man, I really, really like Adrian Peterson. I and I I mean, I've, I've fallen in love with him once. And I think I'm falling in love with him again. Um, I don't I don't know what it's like to you know I yeah I don't know I I guess some people like you know they'll get divorced and then later in life they'll like re fall in love with each other and get married again. I kind of feel like that's what I'm doing with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I don't such, know what that feels he's like. Just but a wonderful person, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's just such a good guy. 
Adrian Peterson, 19 carries, 120 yards, over six yards per carry uh, for Adrian Peterson with two touchdowns. He had a 41-yard run, which is amazing. He's not done. His speed, his power is still there. Um, Really good value for those who drafted him a little bit later in leagues. Got a really good value out of him. Uh, What are your your thoughts on Adrian Peterson moving forward? I mean, he's – it's look. Is it too bold to say he's an RB two? No, I, I think end of year numbers will be, but if you look at kind of what he did last week, it kind of lets you know, man, he, he's not really somebody that you're going to be able to depend on. Um, you know, like week two, eleven rushing attempts for twenty yards. Uh, week three, 19 rushing attempts for 120 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, he's very game summary dependent. And he and loves if, playing Green Bay. <laughs> he does, man. He <laughs> he holds grudges against his own children and against teams that he plays. Sorry, am I allowed to? He's a soon, Ray Lewis award winner. Ray Lewis award winner, Adrian Peterson. He's, he's, he's a bad parent. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, no, so he's great. You just have to understand Washington and Jay Gruden. Um, it's Jay, right, not John? I always get them confused. Jay. It's Jay. He is a game script guy. So if they are behind, Chris Thomas is going to light it up. If it's even or they're ahead, Adrian Peterson's going to kill it. So it's a very yin-yang um, whatever. If you look at the game where uh, last week where they were against Indianapolis and they were trailing, Chris Thompson outsnapped them 50-25. to 25. If you look at the game that they're – you know, in contention or out ahead, then Adrian Peterson gets more snaps by about 15. So it's going to go back and forth. But again, I do think end of season he will be at RB2, but he is going to piss you off a lot of weeks. You're going to have four or five dud games, but the other games are going to be worth it. So stay with it. Just temper your expectations. He's not going to do this every week. Yep. And I do want to mention this just because I'm selfish. Uh, Paul Richardson, I held on to him and I, I, I drafted him. I think higher than a lot of people did and had so much hope for him. And I just gave up on him. Didn't even start him in my really, really deep league. And of course this is a game that he gets the, uh, long 46 yard bomb for a touchdown. Um, kind of annoying, but that's it's the way it goes, <laughs> right. man, unfortunately. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. he's, 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 he's not Aaron Rodgers right now, is he? No. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, 27 for 44, 265 yards. Did have two touchdowns and no interceptions, but man, it just it doesn't seem like he's there. Luckily, Devonte Adams got into the end zone. Where I know you're a big Devonte Adams owner too, um, but besides this, I mean, I guess the 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 play here. There's two guys I want to talk about: uh, Aaron Jones and Jarno Allison. How productive are they going to be moving forward? Aaron Jones, six carries, 42 yards, a nice seven yards per carry. I like that, but it's still a muddied backfield with Jamal Williams, even Tom Montgomery getting mixed in there. Um, what are your thoughts? The backfield sucks, man. I, I don't feel comfortable starting any of these players whatsoever until one goes down. Um, they are It's a third, a third, a third. Um, it, it's, it's very, very gross. <laughs> so I'm staying away from this backfield completely. Uh, now, I'm not cutting them. I'm trying to trade them to somebody else that has one or the other ones, just hoping they're trying to secure that the shares of that backfield. But Aaron Rodgers is hurt. You know, he's the 14 overall fantasy quarterback right now. It's not like he's lighting it on fire. He's not costing you games, 
But this is a guy that you would have had to draft three rounds before everybody else, and he is not a QB1. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Flacco, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, all of these guys are ranked ahead of him fantasy points-wise. Um, and, and so, I mean, I hope you listened to us and told to wait. <laughs> the top two quarterbacks that went in fantasy drafts, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, are not even QB1s this year. So. All right, John, let's talk about the Colts and Eagles game. But before we do that really quick, I do have a question for you. I know we don't prep a lot, and I didn't ask you this before the show, but I put a poll out on Twitter, and I want to know, have you ever tried putting peanuts in Coca-Cola? I feel like this is a trick question. Um, like, do I like nuts on my cola or something? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. But right. no, uh, are you, I think you're being serious right now, so I'm going to say <laughs> I no. I am, I am. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Uh, like, I've been seeing a lot of pictures and stuff uh, of like people on Facebook, and I don't know why. I don't know if something came up recently, but I notice a lot of people are like trying, and it's an old thing. I think it's a southern thing, to be honest with you. Um, that people put pe- like salted peanuts in Coca Cola, just like sprinkle them on top, basically, and drink it that way. And I guess eat the peanuts as you're drinking the Coca Cola. I'm gonna try it, but I put it on Twitter, and so far we have 238 votes. 88% of people said they haven't tried it, but still 12% say they have. Um, a lot of people in the comments are saying like, yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. Um, some people say they put peanuts in beer. Have you ever tried that? No, again, uh, this is creeping me out a little bit, uh, but it, it, yeah, no, I have not. Um, Brady Jones says it's awesome. Bald Coke and salted peanuts. I'll try um, anything twice. So the next time yeah. I uh, drink a, a beverage now hold on like what beer do they put that in like if you put that in like miller light or something i get it because it's not a lot of flavor (laughs) uh yeah it's weird i don't know i don't know what um the salted coronas i you know my bartending days you you would salt the rim you rub the lime on the side of the glass sprinkle a little salt on there that's pretty delicious uh so yeah maybe i need to try it i don't know i don't know i don't know i think i think i'm gonna try it i think i'm gonna try it. it it's it's just weird uh you know that that it happens that people do it, and uh, I never tried it. And I drank uh, my fair share of Coke um, <laughs> over the past uh, few years. So, all right, John, I know this uh, this seemed a little choppy here because it is um, during the entire episode. I hope that you guys can't notice listening in, but we've had some equipment, uh, I don't know, technical glitches, malfunctions. How and you this say brings it? us to um, our John, sponsor. If you are struggling in bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to chop this up into two episodes, actually. We weren't planning on it, so this is a little surprise for you guys. Um, I'm going to do a recap. We just did a recap of a few games. Uh, the next episode will be coming out tomorrow, uh, which will be the rest of the games, and maybe we'll even have a bonus episode for you guys. I hate to do it to you because I know you're waiting for all the you know fantasy implications. I hope we're hitting all the right notes for you, but I want to make sure we get this right and make sure it sounds good enough for you guys to go. Um, so we are going to go ahead and uh and cut this episode just a, a couple minutes short for you but i'm telling you in the long run it's uh it's gonna help everybody and we're gonna get some fantasy goodness to you so let's go ahead and uh we'll kind of bail out of the show now john and uh we'll see you guys tomorrow my name is dale you can always follow us at eat sleep ff on twitter um go to our facebook group go to our website eatsleepfantasy.com follow john at jl underscore chapman uh, thanks again, guys, and I promise uh, we will get uh, all the rest of the game previews and all the fantasy implications from all the games uh, in week three to you in next episode. Thanks again.
Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best NFL fantasy football podcast We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando Screaming, eat, nation, we doing what we like Tune in every week, guaranteed we get it hype Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Eat, sleep, fantasy.